The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast on a gloomy, rainy pizza Friday. I'm Adam Weinerib alongside Thomas Carinante, and you're not going to believe this. The Yankees offseason is moving at molasses speed still. It's crazy. I know it didn't pick up between Wednesday and Friday. We're going to be talking about DJ LeMayhew, though, who lost the MVP officially on Thursday, which we could have told you was going to happen, but now it did happen. So there's that, an element of finality there. Uh, it turns out the Yankees and Yadier Molina actually might be a thing after we pitched that on the pod a couple weeks ago. And Brian Cashman is officially open to Gary Sanchez trade talks. We're going to talk about that too. Folks, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Please do drop us five-star reviews along with mailbag questions with those five-star reviews. We would love to be able to grab as many mailbag questions as possible. So please keep those coming. Thomas, DJ LeMayhew, not your American League MVP. In fact, your distant third place finisher, and this sets you off uh, a little bit. I've been living in the fan graphs glossary for the past, I think, uh, 15 hours because I just don't get it. Every year, I, I will never understand. You either have the people who are like, oh, well, you know, it's about the advanced metrics, and if you look at this and that, and bah, 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 and okay, cool, that's great. And then you have the people who are like, no, it's, you know, you remove this guy from this team, and then you look at it like, will this team be a playoff uh, contender or will they be a world series contender without them? And if the answer is no, that's the most valuable player. And you look at DJ and he's kind of both of those guys this year. I know, look, it's the only, the, the biggest argument here that against DJ, I believe is the fact that he missed 10 games. Um, I believe Abreu played in all 60 and Ramirez played in 58. DJ played in 50 after that thumb in injury and you know that that's going to play a role because it was already a limited sample size and you miss one-sixth of the season. Uh, okay, 
but one first place vote and it was from Yankees beat writer, Brian Hoke. That was who it was from. He got the same amount of first place votes than he did eighth place votes. I don't know how it makes sense. And when you look at the stats, if we're talking stat heads, if we're talking advanced metrics, and if you love advanced metrics, that's great. But I don't know where your argument comes from because DJ led the, led the AL. He was tied for first in war, 2.8 with Abreu. He led the way in OPS, 1.011. He led the way in OPS plus 177, WRC plus 177, which I learned a lot about those two. Uh, WOBA, 429, also led the way. Uh, and the only ones he fell short in, I guess, against uh, Ramirez and Abreu were um, ISO, ISO, which is isolated power. I had never heard of it until yesterday. But apparently, after my research, because I'm not an advanced stats guy, I do know these and I know that they're important, but I don't know which are weighted the heaviest from the this this sect of baseball fans and baseball statisticians or whatever you want to call them war ops plus wrc plus woba are apparently the most important out of any of them and dj was tied for first or led in all of those so you and i were not expecting him to win you you even wrote an article about it that he's not going to win the mvp but we have another case of clear yankee clear yankee bias on the side of the voters one first place vote and he was just all the way at the bottom in third place like not 200 he had 230 points compared to jose ramirez is 303 compared to uh jose abreu's 374 and i even did the breakdown side by side with his stats against jose ramirez and it's not really close again beats him in war beats him in ops beats him in ops plus beats him in wrc plus beats him in woba beats him in uh, d- uh defensive run saved beats him in waa which is another win- winning winning metric value thing uh, f- fuck I-, I mean i don't i just don't get it uh, i could go through the stats and keep talking about how great they are but based on what i've read and based on who what i've researched these are the most important stats that he came in first for Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com for the entire year and didn't reflect whatsoever on the voting. So apparently every year it's just what the voters prefer and who they like and what story they like. And then the stats only matter when it comes down to Mike Trout. That's, that's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. I hate the MVP more than I hate hall of fame voting, which like, I hate that so much. I hate that the most ever, like you're not allowed to have memories when it comes to hall of fame voting. It's like, if you thought something, if you really enjoyed watching someone for 15 years, then you better buckle up because there is going to be a heavy statistical argument about why they don't deserve, you know, the reward they've just been given for, for the career that we objectively agree was pretty great. And as far as the MVP goes, uh it's just it is weird and you mentioned mike trout at the perfect time it's weird that it goes both ways uh because we're like during the mike trout era of mvp dominance 
we're pretty much told that the MVP is now just, uh, now that we've developed stats to determine value like war, MVP basically just became the Mike Trout award for being Mike Trout because he is a player perfectly, like war is tailored to his life. Like he wakes up and he gets one war for eating breakfast cereal and DJ LeMay, you has to work for his war. Like it just feels like trout like eats, sleeps and breathes war. And then at the end of any full length, Mike trout season, you can just look at the war and go, we invented this stat so that we don't need an MVP anymore. Like why, why do old men vote for MVP when we have war? Let's just give it to Mike trout because the stat that says who the most valuable was said he was the most valuable yet again. Um, but then Suddenly, you know, Trout has sort of an off 2020. Everyone remembers that he didn't contribute to a winning campaign again. And then it becomes time to ignore war in favor of, you know, the White Sox making the playoffs for the first time in 12 years. Now we've got to reward their leader instead of the Yankees leader. Like if the war says to do one of these two things, then why on earth are we going in the opposite direction? Is it more power? Are we suddenly impressed with that? Um, now it's weirdly about these like malleable narratives. Like if, you know, advanced stats matter, they're extremely important. They're a good predictor. They're indicative of a lot of things. But if DJ LeMahieu hit 400, he's the MVP. Like it's like Miguel Cabrera winning the triple crown. He's the MVP. So we could ignore Mike Trout for a year because like this certain statistical, you know, mountain was, was touched uh, by this incredibly memorable season. So if LeMahieu doesn't miss the 10 games with a freak thumb injury and ends up hitting 394 or, God bless him, over 400, he is your MVP. Um, he gets penalized, I thought, uh, because the narrative is basically the same as 2019. Like, in before 2019 started, we didn't know what we had in LeMahieu or Gio Urshela or a lot. Of, the Yankees infield looked very different. Uh, he emerged as just this ridiculous steady presence, Proved he could be a batting champ type player uh, in Colorado and in New York. You know, it wasn't these stadium park effects. He was just that good. Um, and he sort of was a, you know, a hidden gem that became, you know, the most important player on a 103-win team in 2019. Now, he didn't have a, as many games to prove himself in 2020, but it was basically just redux. More of the same, same guy hits in the high 350s, low 360s. Uh, quietly leads this really, really good American League East team. The Yankees are significantly worse than they were in 2019, but the offense is still great, and LeMahieu is always sort of there with runners in scoring position. Um, it's just the same thing from 2019. I think a lot of voters went. He's going to be the finalist again. He deserves it, but we're not even going to think about it because we already saw this. Um, that's why I'm sort of surprised Jose Ramirez didn't win the MVP because of how hard he charged at the end. But then again, Jose Abreu, I think a lot of people decided was the MVP in mid-August and then didn't want to switch their stances up or, or do any real evaluation. Um, and so he won it. Obviously, this is a little bit of a more inexact science when Mike Trout isn't involved and, and nothing screams inexact science like Cubs reliever Ryan Tapera getting a 10th place MVP vote because uh, St. Louis writer Rick Hummel uh, selected the wrong person on his drop-down menu and then never checked. He said he meant to vote for Trey Turner. Uh, Turner is a pretty close name to Tapera, kind of, I guess, if you're, you know, if you turn around and accidentally scroll a little bit, the drop-down menu. Uh, and then in the confirmation, if it says, are you sure you want to vote for a Cubs reliever with a 3.92 ERA and you don't check it and you go, uh, yes, I would like to do that, uh, someone gets an MVP vote. So uh, this is only an exact science when Mike Trout's on the ballot and when he's not. Apparently, we, we're doing narratives again. I, I guess that's the world we live in. It, it seems like it. And if you really, if you really want to sit there and just contemplate why you're on earth, just look at the voting disparity between 
Luke Voigt and Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau got 104 points. Luke Voigt got 85. Brandon Lau, at the end of the season, could not hit water if he fell off a cruise ship. He batted 269 with a 916 OPS on the year, 14 homers, 37 RBIs. None of that instills any sort of confidence in terms of you being the best player on your team. Luke Voigt batted 277 with a 948 OPS, led the league with 22 home runs, 52 RBIs, and finished a spot below him. So doesn't make sense. He had more runs than him. He had more home runs than him. He had more RBIs than him. He had a better, he had better everything than him. He had better, uh, 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 yeah, no, he had better OPS plus. That's another important one. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it, it, none of it adds up. Like you said, it's narrative based. People just make their decisions. Look, if you take any of these three, forget about Luke Voigt and forget about Brandon Lau. That's just another bullshit argument that we have to, to throw onto the docket to show you all that the voting is just, it's preferential. It has nothing to do with what people, you know, how people act, what people actually believe to be the best player. It's what they feel. Um, if you take Jose Abreu, Jose Ramirez, and DJ LeMayu off their respective teams, all those teams take a dive. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, you could look at the White Sox and say, okay, this team was the most powerful team in the AL for much of a stretch. You take Jose Abreu's production out of there, yeah, it drops off, but it's still a very powerful team. You got Tim Anderson on there, who was the runner-up for the batting title. You have... Eloy Jimenez, you have Luis Robert, you have, um, uh, what's his face? Madrigal, who had a, who had a, he batted 340 on the season. You have Yasmani Grandal. All these guys had great years. You take Jose Ramirez off the Indians. They also take a big dip, but guess what? This team, the team's success stemmed from their pitching. You look at their offensive stats, they were at the bottom of the league in every single category. They were 20, they were like 23rd or worse. I'm not going to sit here and list them off because we'll be here until tomorrow. But you take DJ off the Yankees, you saw what happened for those 10 games. They were, they, they, you thought, we thought for a hot second there, they were not going to be making the playoffs. And we were right as long as he missed more time or, uh, you know, Judge and Stanton didn't return when they did. But, you know, Luke Voigt kept the team afloat. DJ came back at the perfect time at the end of August, beginning of September or whatever it was. And the Yankees were right back on track. So I don't know if even that argument, you know, you, if you remove all those guys from their team, DJ LeMayu is still the most valuable person. And that says a lot because the Yankees have one of the deepest rosters in the league. So once again, the arguments make no sense. We're not going to get any, we're not going to get any, um, you know, wholehearted response out of this in terms of explaining why this was the way it was and we never will uh and this is the year where you probably should because it's very different and every other season you have a much larger sample size and like we said we have Mike Trout oh he leads the way in war oh OPS plus all these stats are just adjusted for what would happen if like you were playing in a hitter OPS plus is park adjusted so it's like oh you hit that home run in, uh, you know, you hit that deep uh, fly ball in the gap at AT&T Park. That's a home run in Yankee Stadium. So let's adjust that to be, you know, uh, higher uh, higher and better for your stats because probably should have been a hit. It, and it's, 
ISO, isolated power, communicates a hitter's extra bases per at bat, generally, generally as a measure of power as doubles. Oh no, this is the best one. This is the best one. One more and then, and then I'm done. Okay. Which one is it? WOBA is the most important and popular catch-all offensive statistic. It says that batting uh, not all hits are created equal. That that's that's the argument here. So if not all hits are created equal, and maybe they valued power more than they did anything else in this voting process, how does that not play into DJ's favor? They weight singles, doubles, triples, and home runs all, I guess, differently and come up with some equation that measures the value of each one. So these are all hypotheticals. It's all just like, oh, what would happen? Or or my, my favorite one, what did I say last night? It was uh, deserved runs created. Because you deserve them because you got robbed of a hit. Like, Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. What? I don't know. Whatever. We don't know. We don't know. Sometimes the narrative is fun. Sometimes it's Freddie Freeman beating COVID and winning the MVP anyway. And sometimes it's this. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk the Yankees catching situation, which is getting a little more interesting. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Okay, so now... Uh, you know, maybe, uh, next year, the statistical revolution is going to look a little different. Uh, and maybe people will start appraising MVP candidates differently. And the reason I say that is because apparently everything Thomas manifests with his brain, uh, occurs in real life a a couple weeks or months (laughs) later. Um, I had not heard about Yachty Molina to the Yankees or thought about it, you know, for even one second until Thomas brought it up two weeks ago. And I was in love and I was like, that's a great stopgap. You know, we're, we're doing smart things, but you know, sometimes we just talk out a rumor and it's not a real rumor. It's, it's a rumor that we have invented that we, we just want to live in a good place for a little while with a perfect blanket, you know, thinking about how, you know, maybe someday we'll have a catcher who puts bat on ball and, and who has world series experience um, and who could be sort of a mentor to the rest of the roster. Well, guess what? Apparently the Yankees and the Mets are talking to Molina, who's at least name-dropping the Yankees as a potential destination, Uh, whether he really intends to leave the Cardinals or not. uh, We don't know. Maybe he's just using the Yankees as leverage in his new deal. Um, The Mets are everybody's favorite leverage these days, honestly. But I don't know why someone like Molina, who's been with the Cardinals for 35 years, uh, would need to leverage anyone else. Like I don't know why those conversations need to get complicated. I feel like he just, you know, shows up to St. Louis and says, I would like to play for you again, but at this high price and St. Louis sits on their hands for a couple weeks, maybe a month and then goes, yeah, we thought about it. We'll, we'll do pretty much that price. Like, I don't know why you need to have, you know, detailed, scary negotiations with the only franchise you've ever known. That's why it was so weird when Derek Jeter in his later years would sort of, you know, get BSed by the Yankees. And it was like, why are we even doing this dance? Like you have unlimited money, pay Derek Jeter what he wants it's so much more valuable to have his final years in pinstripes than for him to hit that, you know, walk off single through the hole as an Oakland a 
um, on a bargain basement deal. But either way, Molina and the Yankees were officially connected on Thursday. So it is time we start thinking about the reality of this situation. Is this a mirage or could this actually happen? What, what do you think? What are your vibes? I think it's a little bit more complicated because we saw that report from the New York Post yesterday, also talking about the Sanchez trade and how the Yankees, I, I don't get it. They're apparently now open to talking trade offers when we already heard the rumors and reports that they were trying to trade him in August. I mean, yeah. You're, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to uh, trade offers for a guy who's really bad on my team. I've, I've decided that and that's what we're going to go forward with. So I don't really know what's going on. I think that this Yachty deal is possible as long as you get rid of Gary Sanchez's salary. Cause like we said, I think Yachty is going to cost in between the eight to 10 million range per year. And he wants a two year deal. He wants to play uh, through, I think his age 40 season or until he's 40, whichever one it is makes perfect sense for the Yankees. Their window is the next two to four years, specifically the next probably two, because then after two years from now, you're losing a lot of guys in the form of Earl Chapman, which I don't really care about, Zach Britton, which will be huge. Um, and then you have all these other guys approaching the end of their arbitration and Aaron Judge. Um, so the window is probably the next two years. And I think Yachty lines up perfectly with that. It just depends on what he wants and what the Yankees are willing to pay. And if the Yankees can get rid of Sanchez's five to six million dollars whatever he's going to cost in arbitration because then you know you say you have to pay yacht let's meet in the middle let's say it's going to be a two-year 18 million dollar deal for yachty then you're just adding four million to the payroll if you get rid of sanchez's money and then you're saving even more next year because if he's in his third year of arbitration eligibility you have to think that he has a decent year 162 game slate that's going to get closer to 10 million then you're probably saving money or you're breaking even so i don't you know, you look at the financials, I think it makes perfect sense. Um, but like we saw in the report, Mets are competing. I don't know how that's a fit for the Mets unless they get, you know, a Lindor or a George Springer because that team is not ready to do anything without making – they can't make these uh, these fringe win-now moves without making the longer-term uh, identity moves, I guess you could say. So I would actually put the Yankees above the Mets here even if – Steve Cohen is willing to pay Yadier Molina a ton of money because Yadier Molina doesn't need money. He's made a shit ton of money with the Cardinals. Um, so that's not really going to be an issue. The Cardinals are the most dangerous here. It's his familiarity. They could probably pay him a little bit more. They have, uh, they have only 115 million committed to the payroll. I know that's not a little bit, but that gives them a little bit of breathing room to pay the guy that's been there for, like you said, the last uh, four decades. Um, I think it's realistic. I think the Yankees have to move fast. I think they have to figure out exactly what they want to do. We haven't heard a lot. I hope they're working hard behind the scenes. I don't like when we don't hear a lot. It makes it me seem like that. It makes me feel like that not they're, they're really not doing a lot of due diligence on a market where they should be. I hope it happens. This is what I want. I think those are the only things holding it back though. I mean, the Mets should just do JT rail Muto instead. Like, I, I don't know why the Mets shouldn't be like you said, uh, like, fortifying a foundation they don't have yeah. like they, they don't need a veteran like a, they don't need a 40 year old catcher they need like they need stars at every position like Yadier Molina is glue and he'd be really helpful for a contending team he, he's not like the person anymore who can vault you into contention but there were rumors uh yesterday or the day before 
that suddenly like Real Muto is unlikely for the Yankees or Mets to fall in either of their price ranges, which like the Yankees. Okay. Duh. Like, I, I don't think any of us really anticipated that it's, it's nice to see a report drop confirming what we all knew, but isn't the point of Steve Cohen that he can spend on targets like Real Muto and that there is no price range anymore. Like Real Muto is the best fit for the Mets. They want George Springer. And that's great. But, you know, uh, getting a bedrock catcher like that at a high price, like that's someone you pay a high price for. If he's not willing to splurge on someone like that, then is he even willing to splurge? Do we just like him now because he's not the Wilpons? Like, is he actually, does he have a budget too? If he has a budget, then there's no difference between him and, and other ownership groups in Major League Baseball. So Mets fans are going to need to hope that that, you know, quote report came out of context. The Mets would be better served with a superstar behind the plate than Molina. That, that goes without saying. Uh, I love the fit on the Yankees. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it is going to be difficult at this point to get equivalent value for Gary Sanchez. Um, but if they're going to trade Gary Sanchez, they're going to need a better insurance policy than guy like Kyle Higashioka or Austin Wells, who, you know, we love, we love drafting college uh, catchers and college bats. And, you know, maybe someday Austin Wells is the Yankees catcher of the future. Uh, I'm going to need to see more than 0.0 minor league games before I can get on that train. Um, 2021 is a big year for Wells, but it's also his first year of professional baseball. I can't judge, you know, I, I not, I not only can I not judge, I can't even pretend to judge. I don't know what he looks like. He, he had a beard at Arizona. That's interesting. He's going to have to shave that off at some point. Like that's a sum total of my assessment of Austin Wells until he has a professional season. Um, but I, I, you know, I love Molina and the Gary Sanchez trade stuff. So yesterday it came out that Cashman is open to listening to Sanchez trades. Of course he is. Um, nothing about what Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner said at the end of the year indicated that uh, Sanchez was a shoe in to start in 2021. Um, you know what else? You know what else? You know didn't indicate that the, the fact that he didn't start most of the team's playoff games in 2020. It's as simple as that. You don't need to. You don't need to dig for theories. Like he he, there were playoff games to start and Gary Sanchez didn't start them. So I think that's all the evidence we need. Um, in terms of trade destinations for Sanchez. Um, once upon a time, there was a Marlins, Mets, Yankees three-way with, you know, Cindergaard going to the Yankees and Real Muto going to the Mets and Sanchez going to the Marlins and all this nonsense. Uh, that's the stratosphere that Sanchez currently is not in um, whatsoever. Now, I think uh, the one dot that gets connected a lot is Sanchez to the Angels because that is a team searching for star power. Uh, that's a team with a hole behind the plate that just needs good players at every position. Uh, up until recently, though, that was a team helmed by former Yankees executive Billy Epler. That is no longer the case. Epler was dismissed. That turns the faucet off a little bit there. Uh, the Yankees love to trade with the Mariners, but, like, is that a fit for Gary Sanchez? I guess we can keep the Angels at the top of the list, um, but there's a pretty short list here. I I I'm having trouble trading him, and the value you're going to get for Sanchez is not going to be e anywhere close to what you want for a 2019 all-star after what 2020 was. No, and pride cannot get in the way of this trade. You know what you're getting for Gary Sanchez here. It's not going to be a lot. His market has shrunk because now we don't have the universal DH coming in 2021, which would have, like we talked about with John Carlos Stanton, would have you know made for a lot of different possibilities. We don't know if they would have been acted upon, but creates more creates more of an opportunity to maybe figure something out or do some retooling. I don't know. There may, uh, we talked about maybe the Royals in some packet in some bigger package for Whit Merrifield uh, because Merrifield fits well with the Yankees. 
and uh, I'm sure they would like a younger guy like Sanchez. You know, oh, that, oh, that was the other one. You get you trade Sanchez to the Royals, and you maybe take on Salvador Perez's one year. That's a, a decent amount of money, and you get Whit Merrifield out of it. That's that seems to be a win-win to me. But other than that, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of options, and the Yankees can't be sitting here being like, oh. Well, you know, this is a guy that we had a lot of high hopes for, and you know, we was he he was signed on the international market, right? He wasn't yeah. drafted. Yeah. Sixteen year old. Yeah, this is a guy we signed when he was sixteen. We spotted him early. We were we were ready for him to be the catcher of the future, and now he's not. Yeah, now he's not. So, whatever your perceived value for him is, is just whatever your whatever you're manifesting in your brain that that doesn't exist. So you're going to have to take an L in a trade here. And the L in the trade is going to help you save some money. It's going to help you upgrade at a position that you desperately need upgrading at. And it's going to just start the next chapter and rid you of whatever this mess is. Yankee fans would love to see Gary Sanchez succeed. I don't know how many times we have to reiterate this. Apparently every week we got every week. one pod where we say we, we like Gary Sanchez. Yeah. And it would be so much easier if he hit 35 home runs last year. Not Latin, not not in the 60 game season. But if he hit a 35 home run pace and hit 260 with a slightly lower number of strikeouts, we would be so pumped. But unfortunately, no, not at all. And it's it, he's batted 200 since the start of 2018, and that is detrimental. You saw how detrimental that was in a shortened sample size. And I know that the short 60 game season doesn't do anybody any favors for the most part, but. When the stakes are high, it's clear that you can't rely on Gary Sanchez for defense or offense. And I know that it's not exactly a proper way to judge somebody, but it speaks volumes to, you know, you know, you're, you know, you're on the hot seat, you know, things are not going well for you based on what happened in 2018 and 2019. So, you know, time to buck up and play well for 60 games. And he ended up getting benched and losing his job to a 30 year old catcher who has not that much MLB experience. So Yankees have to take the L here in short, get rid of the salary, take whatever you, whatever you can get in return and just live with it and stop trying to capitalize on every single deal you're making because you're just not going to. And it sucks because the Yankees do get blackballed in a sense on the trade market. They get screwed in the voting with the baseball writers, but this is life. You got to deal with it. Complaining about it isn't going to get you anywhere, but I'm still going to complain about the advanced stats. You know, someday the Yankees are going to win a World Series and we're going to stop complaining about being railroaded by trade opponents and by award voters for like five minutes. Like a couple days, we'll <laughs> stop complaining. And then we'll be right back at it. Because I mean, that's you're, you're going to want to say that's life as a Yankee fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the haters. That's life as a sports fan. Like yeah. if I'm, I'm hearing plenty of Chiefs fans complaining about Harrison Butker failing to miss extra, failing to make extra points and you won the Super Bowl couple months ago and you got a budding dynasty like I'm, I'm just not ready to hear that from the rest of the world that, that Yankee fans are the only entitled fans you know we get on Boston fans for being entitled they're the worst because they simply because they've had more success than anyone over the last two decades but it's not you know it, it's aggravating the volume of their complaints and the fact that the rest of the world still amplifies their complaints as if they're worth listening to the problem isn't that they complain. The problem is that the narrative gets twisted and that they're still, you know, more deserving of a pat on the back than Yankee fans are. All Boston fans do is win. All they do is complain. We do a lot of winning too. We do a lot of crying, but folks, that's sports. If you are a sports fan, you maybe there is a one game grace period where you can like shrug off a loss and tip your cap. 
But if you're down at halftime of the second straight game, you're right back to crying. That's just how it goes. That's how it's always gone. That's how it always will go. So until some positive offseason moves are made, you're going to hear us cry. And then a couple minutes after we praise those moves, once they're made, you're going to hear us cry again. I'm sorry. That's how it goes. Um, folks, that is it for this Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do like to listen to two New York sports fans whine about their prosperity and the city of Boston, even though the other 28 and a half minutes of the podcast had nothing to do with Boston. Um, you're going to find us anywhere where the where you get those kind of podcasts. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. DM me. I want to learn something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Learn more about advanced stats and the metrics. If you know anything more than I do, just send me a message, uh, and I'll try to talk to you about it. But I'm not going to be open-minded. I'm probably not going to understand, and you're going to have to drill it into my head as hard as you can. So... Anyway, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. I'll probably have another hit piece on advanced metrics in the next week or so. Uh, it'll be interesting and fun for everybody to read. But things are starting to materialize. We got this Gary Sanchez trade stuff. We got a potential Yadier Molina signing all in the works. We don't know what's going to happen. A lot more speculation to come. It's going to be a fun offseason, guys. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Love to enter the Joe Biden presidency with the thought, I'm not going to be open-minded. It's going to be a great four years. Um, Folks, we will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.